Hey, what's up? This is Sasha. And I am Jay. And this is Shut Up, I Love It, a podcast where we invite a guest to talk about something that's underrated or underappreciated or generally unexplored in the world. Joining us today, he is a musician, an occultist, and neuropsychiatric counselor. His name is Bryant Walker. Welcome, Brian. Welcome, Bri. Hello. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Can I call you Bri from now on? That works. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I, we want to introduce your, your full proper name, the, your royal name, Bryant, but uh, you're, you're commonly known as Bri. Back in Chicago. Back in the Chicago days. Now, Bri and I, Sasha, Bri and I are all friends, but I've known Bryce. Uh, we grew up together as uh, young lads in the suburbs of Chicago, which is how I, how I know Brian, how Sasha so came to know him. we're talking 50 years of friendship probably, right? Yeah, at least 50. Yeah. We cut our teeth <laughs> on the mean streets. Yeah, the mean streets of B-Town, B-Town Ramblers. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Bri, uh, what are you here to talk about? Would you introduce well, the topic? I'm here to talk about whatever you want me to, but okay. yeah, I guess my area of expertise, we could say, is is occultism. Ooh. So the occult and ceremonial magic, that's another way to put it. Would you say that? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 that's what we've invited Bri here to talk about. Uh, the two topics are kind of overlap with each other, and, and I just wanted to take a moment and explain what those words mean, because a lot of people uh, don't know what a cult means, or, or they might think we just said the word cult, uh, like, uh, like, like, Common the Manson, misconception. Like, like the Man Manson family and ceremonial <laughs> magic. They might think we're talking about like, Harry Potter Harry, or Siegfried and Roy or something. So, um, so but it we'll, all ties in. <laughs> it all ties in. So so uh, here's, here's a brief little description. They're kind of umbrella terms and they, they include quite a bit. So the, the occult is a category into which varied beliefs and practices are placed if they are considered to fit into neither religion nor science. Um, and um, ceremonial magic is sort of a, something that people, uh, some people that are involved in the world of the occult or, or uh, uh, participate in ceremonial magic. It's also kind of known as ritual magic or learned magic, high magic. Or sometimes uh, I heard you refer to this black magic. Well, yeah, I, th th that would be like a subcategory, I would think, of, of, of ceremonial magic. But um, but what, what, what the term ceremonial magic means is it basically encompasses a wide variety of long, elaborate, and cl complex rituals uh, uh, th that are magical workings of them in and of themselves. So that, I hope you're th done reading because... Th those are very dry. It's a very dry explanation, but I just wanted to explain very what, what it was. Yeah, it's 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 dry. It's just I pulled pulled it off off the internet to kind of give us a basis of what this topic is. How about <laughs> yes. Bry himself describes to us in his own words, in the words of an expert, what are we here to talk about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, so ceremonial magic, like more simply, I'd say it's like a series of the ceremony is, itself is like a series of like almost uh, psycho ritual and stuff. And so you're drawing out elements of your personal unconscious through outward expressions of ritual. And so that's, you know, you were talking about the long elaborate rituals there on Wikipedia. That's what that's for. It's, um, you know, the misconception is, is that like you, you say a few words and, you know, do the right hand gestures and maybe a demon pops out or something funny like that. But this, this is all like, I'd call it like a form of deep psychology where you're almost um, externalizing your own personal unconscious. And what's the purpose behind that? 
Well, the purpose is is to know yourself. You know, there's a famous uh, oracle at Delphi that said, uh, "Know thy suton over it. Know thyself." That that's what it is. Is to you know, occult means like hidden essentially. So um, these rituals or whatever practices are to bring out aspects of yourself um, that are hidden from yourself so you can know know yourself better and become more of yourself so it sounds like it's kind of like like a quest toward like spiritual enlightenment is what you're describing and 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 if that's so i would i would uh ask what what what's the difference between uh ceremonial magic ritual magic and occult studies and just go just being religious like going to what's the main difference to you well, ceremonial magic and stuff, it, it's more, it takes more active engagement than religion. Religion, typically, it's like, you know, it, it has all the connotations of community. You're going through the motions. You're getting together and feeling good. Christianity is very witchy and esoteric, but it's like exoteric acts, aspects. It's like people go and they see the priest perform the rituals. They eat the wafer and they're like, yeah, it's the body of Christ or whatever. But they don't understand like some of the deeper aspects often and um but i i would still say that those rituals uh can facilitate consciousness change in people without them having to know what's going on there maybe let's take a step back and and tell us about how you got involved in the occult and and ritual magic in the first place because you you weren't raised like this right like this wasn't part of your upbringing no hell no not at all and in fact i mean you were there during my awakening so it's like uh (laughs) what is that what is that supposed to mean (laughs) you awakened me jay don't (laughs) maybe i've suppressed this memory give credit credit yeah pray tell well i I have enlightened many before and i have been present for the awakenings of many but what but (laughs) don't deny what happened (laughs) so so how did you get into it like like what, what do you mean Okay, so, you know, we, we grow up in a, a nice sheltered suburb and uh, go out to college. And me personally, I, I, get, I go to the University of Denver and I get exposed to a weirdo that, that's super smart. The guy's got a room full of books and all this and that. And I, I respected that like intrinsically that the dude was, you know, so well read and interesting and this and that. And he keeps going off about magic and stuff and and he was calling it magic because he was uh coming out of the alistair crowley school the infamous alistair crowley right right which we can it, 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 get into it, it, later and, and so and so, <laughs> so they, they just it's the same word or or, or, or no magic is spelled differently it's with, with the k, a, with the k, k at the k end, end it's, right? yeah it's with the k okay oh, yeah. i didn't know that you pronounced it magic it, it, it sounds a little little like comic book store nerdy uh to, oh it you know god <laughs> God damn it is. <laughs> so so but, you meet you meet this guy. I th- I think I remember this guy's name. Do you might can I tell can I say Aluma his Scotty. Aluma Scotty, yes. So, yeah. so name was so, Scott. Shout and, out. Now, now did you give him that that nickname, Aluma Scotty? Yes, I, I totally yeah, I absolutely <laughs> did. So yeah, like backing up a little bit, like sh- pretty sheltered stoner kid from uh from the suburbs of Chicago. I come out and it, this guy turns me on you know, to his weird world, which is like Robert Anton Wilson, the Illuminatus, the cosmic trigger. And, you know, it exposes me to this world of the occult and magic and all this stuff. And so what gave the guy credence is that he was able to demonstrate some kind of like, you know, weird abilities to me that kind of just blew my young mind away. Um, like, Were they practical like, abilities? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but... 
Can you, know, you give looking, an example of that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Looking back on it, I don't even know if it was from, you know, him being a magician uh, rather than him just being kind of like a savant. But he'd be like, yeah, like, go pick any book from like my piles of books and, um, you know, tell me what page you open to. And he's like, I have a photographic memory from this stuff. And like he literally had hundreds of books. He was always trading them out, like taking them to the bookstore and getting new ones. The the dude was a freak. But um, so I picked up a book and I was like, yeah, it's this book, page 123 or whatever. And I'd be like, what is it? And then he'd be sitting there thinking. And then I'd be like, oh, like, where's your photographic memory? And he'd be like, read me the like first line. And I'd read the first line. And then all of a sudden he'd verbatim. He would just start rattling it off. And going, Bleh. and, and that happened like, more than once. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, "Whoa, he has powers." Yeah, and, and but I mean, like that's obviously something that you know, like like being a savant or having a photographic memory. Um, you know, people have that that are probably not practitioners of ritual magic. So, like, no it, doubt, brother. So, so, so is <laughs> is it possible that he that now he attributed his occult studies or whatever practices to to developing this power, so to speak? Right? Was there anything else that 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 he he you know, showed you or demonstrated that like aside from that, because, yeah, because you can yeah. usually explain this, this phenomenon as just being, well, he had a photographic memory. It's like a, you know, it's not, it's not magic, 100%, 100%. 100%. Dude was brilliant. Is brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah. There was other weird stuff. This is kind of a weird one. It's like a little more sensitive, but like, so, um, I can't remember what year it was like, whatever, 2000, 1999, something like that. Um, so we're out and we would, we would often get 40 ounces of beer to drink mm-hmm. together. And he had always told me about like, you know, it's almost a family curse that they have these like psychic abilities and stuff like that. And, um, you like know, in, in, in a, his it, family or, or just, yeah, or just in like, his family, oh, on okay. his mom's side of the family and this and that. And like a lot of the times, like his, uh, premonition would be accompanied by, uh, like these horrible migraine headaches and he got migraines so bad that he was prescribed morphine for it which was a good time. But uh, so it, <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time when he'd lend you some of his medication. Yeah, but <laughs> he very rarely did because he actually really needed it. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah. So um, so this one night, it's, it's our usual night. We're getting to 40 and this and that. And he's like kind of being a tweaker and acting strange. I was like, what's going on, man? Are you all right? All this. And he's like, he's like, listen, he's like, the stuff I've told you about, he's like, he's like, something bad's going to happen. Right. And he's like, when I get like this, he's like, something bad's going to happen. And so then, um, you know, we get back, we drink our 40s. I get a call from our old friend, Chris Davis. Um, and he said, he, he says, you know, he calls me and says, Andy is dead, who was our friend, Andy Hartwig. And oh, wow. Was, yeah. And I was like, and I was like, oh my God. Formally and I go to my. mentioned on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Andy was the guy. I would do a podcast, Pod Ween Satan, about the band Ween. And Andy, he was a good friend growing up. We all were friends with each other. But he, uh, he turned me on to Ween initially. He was like, he's like the, the, the inception point of my, of my lifelong love of Ween. And yeah, I, I've, I guess I realized that, that we, we were in college when that happened because I remember he was driving back from his university like late at night and a truck hit him, right? Like he got like yeah, run over the, the road by a truck. And well, okay. So, so Lumiscati kind of like was feeling these weird vibes and said something bad's going to happen. And then you, you went home and got this phone. So, call. right. So I get this phone call and I'm like, 
holy shit, you know? And I was like, I was like, that's what it is, man. My, you know, it's, it's my friend. And, uh, and he's like, no, he's like, it's here in Colorado. He's like, something here is going to happen. And I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. And, you know, we, we drink our forties. I go to sleep, wake up the next day, turn on the news. And, you know, it's, it's Columbine going on. Right. Which was right here in Colorado too. And in fact, like I was going to DU at a time and a lot of my classmates had graduated there. They had friends that were at Columbine. And I'm then I'm thinking, holy shit, this is what he's talking about. Right. And um, I don't know. This gets a little personal and dark, I guess. Like didn't want to start the the podcast off that way. But like so he lived in the dorms at the time at DU. And so. And he was always, he always had his radio on. He was always composing music and smoking cigarettes and just stayed in his room reading books and composing music and all this. And I go to his dorm room and I was like, first I started blowing up his phone and I uh, keep getting his answering machine. And I think I knew his class schedule or whatever. I'm like, well, he's not in class. So I go to like his room and I can hear like the blinds blowing um, up in his room, the radio's on, I can smell cigarette smoke, all that. And I'm like, he's in there. Why isn't he answering? He always answers. And I keep banging on the, you know, the door and being silly and saying, you know, whatever and stuff. Or no, he eventually did come to the door and we hung out and it was business as usual. He bought me some, some food at the cafeteria. But then later he came to me. He's like, he's like, I want to thank you, man. He's like, I, uh, he's like that thing I was telling you about. And he's like, he's like, he claimed that he woke up in the morning and he saw like the vision through the Columbine kid's eyes or what was happening. He like woke up to that with one of his migraines. And he said at the time I was banging on his door, he was perched up in his window. He was up in the sixth floor. And he's like, like I literally talked him off the ledge without me knowing it. And uh, he thanked me for that. And so that's another one of those weird abilities. So, so, so you, he was like going to jump out the window because he was so disturbed by the vision he had. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I think all that stuff caused him so many problems. Um, and it sounds like at that moment you realize that you also have some powers. Like it's not just him, but you talk someone out of potentially committing suicide. So yeah, I'd like to think that was more than an accident. But I mean, whatever. I, I Thing, everything happens for a reason and all that. Is but, that part uh, of what the occult that everything happens for a reason? Sure, you get into the, you know, like, I think the best known occultist, but like people would hate him being called that is Carl Jung. You know, the idea of synchronicity and meaningful coincidences and this and that. And it, yeah, it really seems like the more you delve in to that kind of world, the more these coincidences happen. If that makes sense. Well, yeah. So, so that's very, very interesting. I'd never heard that story before. I, of course, know about the legendary Luma Scotty and, uh, and, and shout out and, and, uh, yeah. and, and but, but I'd never heard that story in particular. So, so, so that's very interesting. So you have a couple events that happen to you or like synchronous moments where, you know, and it's, it's not like he's like levitating bricks in front of your face. Like one, one might think like magic quote unquote is, but you, but there are these very odd, uh, unsettling things or just like, like kind of, uh, miraculous things that, are, that, that that have happened, and so th that what does that do? That triggers you to to get into it further, or does does he is yes. he the one that that brings you into that world? How, how does that go? Well, yeah, essentially, I'm like, well, there's something to this, and this guy's not like some idiot. Because at first, I was like, whoa, you're into magic? Like you pull you pull a rabbit out of a hat? Like you <laughs> fucking weirdo? And but I was like, he's a smart guy, and you know, I gravitate 
gravitate towards that kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, wow, and, and, you, is- and you're going to a, a music school at this point, like a it's 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 uh it's DU's music program. So you're all you're all studying to get like a, a degree in music musicology right. or whatever. And right? he was a composition student, a brilliant composer, and he could sit there and just write out you know scores of music for all the different instruments without like sitting at a piano or anything. He had perfect pitch, like you know, dude was a, is a savant. He was an impressive guy. He wasn't just like a flake because a lot of times you, I think you encounter in this oh, world of, of the occult, you encounter lots of flaky kind of like f- bullshitter people, you know, like so. 100%. So, 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 you know, like, like people that aren't really talented, like you're, you're encountering this, this guy that, that's, that impre- impresses you. And then he also says that he's got, he's like involved in this, this like weird, um, unknown world, right? Absolutely. And then on top of that, so I start reading these Robert Anton Wilson books, which, you know, maybe your listeners probably aren't familiar with, or maybe they are. Um, but, you know, this, this whole world of, like, the idea of, like, sex magic and the Scarlet Woman and the o- Aleister Crowley and the Ordo Templis Orientis. So, like, I meet this guy, then I meet, like, some of, the, some of his friends, and they're, they're part of, like, the Aleister Crowley world. They're in the OTO. Now, let's and let's hear about it. Who is Aleister Crowley? I know Jake talks about this guy all the time. He's definitely, <laughs> like, a, a, like, a subject in my household for the last 12 years. Gosh. And, uh, he pops up. He's, like, a character that comes by and character. visits every once he, in a while. He's with us. Uh, and so I, I'm curious about that. Like, so I know it's – I mean, like – Anytime you look up any occultist, first of all, they're all in England, so they all have this cool British accent. I'm sure, like at some oh. point, and do, when do you do when you do your rituals? Do you have to put on a British accent? I like to use a lot of dramatic uh, vibrato and. Good. Yeah, I definitely get, have a thespian voice. It's not quite British, but okay. it, well, it's it's funny. It's ironic for the psychopomp because <laughs> Alistair Crowley. You see pictures of him, and you and you think like, wow, this guy looks pretty pretty intense. Like he's going to talk like this, and he, yeah, he's, he's got gonna, a you know, bitch but, ass little voice. <laughs> he, he's he's got kind of like a like a lisp. Like he's got kind of yeah, in a, in, in a the vanishing witch world of the pentagram. <laughs> <laughs> so he was he was born in in Victorian England, and you know in the eighteen hundreds. He grew up, his parents were part of like some kind of like Quaker Christian type sect called the Plymouth Brethren. And uh, so he's brought up devoutly religious and he was like a rich kid. His father was like, you know, they were like upper middle class, lower upper class, something like that. His father was a like a Quaker brewer, Plymouth Brethren and stuff. And um, so he, he came up with privilege and his father was kind of a zealot and then died, you know, at a young age, which is so formative for most interesting people. You know, you have a loss at a young age. He had like his father's religious zeal kind of. And, and he was kind of a little like terror, you know, he was like a, a, a little like trustafarian brat and stuff. And supposedly, you know, he had the like, I forget what it was. It was a na- like a Welsh nanny that taught him like Gaelic magic. And that was his introduction. And he, he seduced her when he was 12. You know, there's so much like a Sounds like the other way around, if and, you ask me. Yeah, right. Totally. <laughs> so much like, but anyways, yeah, fast forward. He goes to like Oxford and all that. And like, he becomes uh, interested in the occult and, um, but like aside from that, he was like the, a champion mountain climber and chess player and this and that. Um, he he becomes devoutly, you know, uh, engrossed in the occult while he's at Oxford studying on his own. And then he joins a group called the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. <laughs> big reveal. This is the big point in the podcast where we reveal that Bry, our guest, is also a member of the Golden Dawn. 
Da, 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 da. But, yeah. but but before I think as the golden dawn opens up a whole other can of worms. Finish yeah. the, the the kind of brief Crowley Crowley uh, uh, biography. So, so okay, so he yeah he joins the golden dawn and he's like the best way to describe him is like he's the Darth Vader of the golden dawn or the Anakin Skywalker without he starts, the voice. Yeah, he starts off with uh, as Anakin and he he's like this occult genius and he's like rising through the ranks um, through the grades of the golden dawn. Um, you know, more quickly than anybody. And it's a lot of study, like I'll tell you. And so on top of his studies at Cambridge, he's he's shooting through the Golden Dawn and, you know, demonstrating his abilities. And then he's he gets to the point where he's like basically at, you know, becoming an adept. And they're like, no, you have to slow down and wait for your initiation and like um, this. And he's like, you know, why? And then um, something happened to him when he was in Cairo on a honeymoon and so, like, the story was his his best friend's sister was, like, betrothed to um, some guy she didn't want to marry. And Aleister Crowley, being a cool, swinging, bohemian dude, was like, hey, you don't have to marry him. You can just marry me. And, you know, I have social standing. And then you can do whatever you want and stuff. And her name was Rose. She had no interest in occult stuff. But somehow they were able to, you know, rent or have the, the king's chamber and the great pyramid. Um as their their bridal honeymoon chamber. And they stayed the night there. To be the fly on that wall. <laughs> yeah. Well, supposedly she, you know, he filled the chamber with astral light for her and dazzled her and all this. And again, the idea is she knew nothing about Egypt or magic or anything. So anyways, it's like the next day she starts going into this trance and dictates this thing called the Book of the Law to him from this entity known as I was, I believe. And... um so that becomes like kind of the center of his religion known as Thelema, like the religion of the will. So it's dictated to him and he sees it. It's like, if you read it, it's kind of ugly. There's some, there's some gnarly shit in there. And, um, gnarly, him being how? The, gnarly in that it's, it's like, it's very lascivious. It's, it's promoting like black magic, like magic to do harm. It's, mm -hmm. it's very satanic. Um, well, you know, if a woman has something to say, you know, she's not going to say anything good. You know, she's going to hurt somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If I know a woman. You got a woman opening up her mouth, spreading spreading all that darkness. No, but yeah, but yeah, it, it, it's like, it's not like a happy, harmonious text. It's kind of like a little scary and a little and dark, well, right? It's, it's, it's where like Anton LaVey, the Church of Satan and stuff, it comes very much out of Thelemic philosophy. So he, he says, this is rubbish. And he goes and forgets about it. And he thought it was just a weird thing, you know, that, but there was some, some kind of verification and outward reality to verify that there was something to that. But he goes and forgets about the book of the law and he goes through the golden dawn and then he becomes kind of Darth Vader. And he's like, why are they trying to hold me back? And him and William Butler, William Butler Yates, the poet was a member of the golden dawn. And it was kind of one of the de facto heads of it at the time. And they butted heads really bad. And Crowley was kind of a wannabe poet. He was a uh, decent poet as, at best. And, you know, there's a lot of conjecture that maybe... Sounds uh, like uh, Hitler was an artist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was real proud of his paintings and he got mad that they wouldn't accept his paintings. So. Nobody likes my work. <laughs> yeah. So essentially Crowley ends up splitting off from the Golden Dawn and creates his own wing of things. And, and like you've said the word. The Astrum Argentum. 
Argentum Astrum or right, the right. Silver Star. So he, you know, he, he ends up becoming like probably the, the most, you know, he certainly is like the, the most famous occultist of all time. I would say his his name is synonymous. You know, he's 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 constantly misunderstood um, or understood too well by some people. And and, you know, he's kind of this maligned uh, figure. He kind of plays. He, he likes he was a troll. He kind of liked to play into the idea that you know, people would say he's this satanic beast man. And, and the wickedest and, man alive. Yeah. And, and, and whether he was or not, I think he likes to play it up and kind of and kind of mess with people. And so 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 he, he's this he's this kind of like like a, a, a fascinating historical figure. And and he his his sect ends up becoming uh, this thing called the Ordo Templi Orientis, which we can also refer to as the OTO is essentially it still exists to this day. Correct. And, and oh, and everywhere. It, it, That's where it, all the douchebag. uh Metalheads go. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Don't throw the, throw the juju at me. No, I but, met, met some very nice OTO but, people, but but but, but so yeah, th- th- this is kind of Crowley's organization that it became, and and um and like I said, it still exists to this day. We could we could sit here and spend hours and hours talking about all the other parts of Crowley, but what I'm more interested in, Bry, is your your story. So we kind of de- we, we kind of deviated from like you started to get in with Lou Muscati, you started to get into um into Alistair Crowley and 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 uh, his writings and teachings and everything. So let, let's go back to to your your story. So you, you start doing that. You're still in college, right? Right, right. We had to give that background. Yeah. yeah. And so so at the time, I'm reading the Illuminatus and I'm learning about the red haired, green eyed women that they use for sex magic and and this. And then I hope they're you know, letting themselves being used. <laughs> I hope so too. I think she was the one we met. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like as I'm reading about this stuff and learning about it, I'm seeing it play out in real life, essentially. And so, Illumiscotti. So? What does it mean? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. so I yeah. I meet Illumiscotti, and he's coming at, from that Golden Dawn tradition, which me which tends to be a little more the magic of light, or you know, a little more um, spiritually uplifting. And then there's there's Crowley's magic, which is uh, very much it's more dark and lascivious, I'd say. More fun. It's better for rock stars. But so then I meet, you know, OTO people. And I meet this woman that's in the OTO. And she's got the red hair and green eyes like in the books and into sex magic and into, you know, speed and uh, freaky girl. I don't how uh, How candid is this you podcast? Can be as candid as you is, want. This a, is this a safe space? <laughs> Tell the stories, man. Like Let's it's, get in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Let's we wanna, get deep. We want to hear what's going on. So, yeah, like... Uh, Rolling with these people, you know, it's weird. It's like I'm reading, I just learned about it. I'm reading about it. Then I see the people that are into it and stuff. And then this girl comes in, this, the scarlet woman and red hair and green eyes and stuff. And like, you know, like a satanic witch stripper, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> uh, Classic I don't know. combination. Yeah. She, was, she was my my initiation into sex magical stuff and looking back on it like i could see how it worked but i wonder if she just made up some of it and was just a kinky broad and stuff but you know we were doing uh she we were doing amphetamines and doing sex magic and she was having me carve the sigils of sumerian demons into her back while we made love 
and and so and so just to quickly describe when you say sex magic obviously we can oh. we can imagine yeah, that it, it sounds sex, just like sex it sounds like sex while there's some kind of magic <laughs> happening but like but 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 what, like what is going on is it like a is it a combination of like a like a spiritual ritual with sex or what, what like what is the purpose explain absolutely that. all this stuff needs so much context and background um yeah, so the, the idea of sex magic is to use um, the, the energy expelled by orgasm or the, the sexual act to kind of like cast your intention, to cast a spell. And so, um, so like what a sigil is, is, is like kind of an abstract symbol of an intention or, or it can be the symbol of like, you know, an intelligence what we would call like a demon or an angel or a spirit or whatever. So she was particularly enamored of a certain Sumerian demon that she claimed to work with. And so she wanted me to like carve this into her back. It's sigil while concentrating on it and having sex. And at the moment of orgasm, there's things you do to like kind of charge the sigil. It sounds like a very hard multitasking. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, are you think worried? It's a kinky, <laughs> fun time, but you're actually got to concentrate and you got to keep yourself hard. And you yeah. go like, uh, is it hurting you? Like, are you okay? Like, is this no, how no. Deep? She like, she like, she didn't uh, mind being hurt. Shout out. <laughs> it sounds like. I mean, I mean, I would just be worried. Like, if you're thrusting, uh, you know, like like your pelvis back and forth, and you're trying to carve an elaborate symbol into someone's skin. I would. And be you're doing breathing techniques too. And you, you got breathing keep, techniques. Just I mean, do your breath. That. Once again, yeah. quick disclaimer: she ask for it right like it wasn't this is a consensual this was act. A this totally consensual. it was a safe space yeah. it was a safe space she yeah. she requested this act to happen but that i would just if i was doing this which i never would honestly but but if i was doing this i mean i don't know you'd really have to convince me sasha to to to, to, mm-hmm. to you'd really have to have to sell it hard but um but i'd be afraid that i'd be like carving this like elaborate symbol and i might go ah and and then you know or, or lose my footing or something and then like you know that's the sounds like, like, he makes when he go, has sex. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and I, the, the knife might go, and then I might make a big line across the back, and 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 if that happens, is the whole thing for nothing? You messed like, up my symbol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, you my just keep it going. It. You just keep, that's the best. Thing. It's, it's like a, the show must go on. I've it's seen like John, people, Col- John Coltrane. It's like Miles Davis. You just you yeah. just like skilly bop, You just like keep on going. You brush it off. You keep working. I've seen people, you know, catch the robes on fire during rituals. You just beat that fucking flame out, and you keep going. <laughs> nice. Okay. So so like a professional. So 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 you're using the sex and the orgasm in conjunction and with the, the ritual to sort of like supercharge uh, uh, the intended effect of the ritual, right? Yeah, her her connection with this Sumerian demon she was uh, supposedly uh, you know connected with. Yeah. Now this is a dumb question. If there's such thing as like oh the energy that we all produce during orgasm can be used for intention and stuff like that. What about the actual thing that comes out of you when you have orgasm? Is that a big deal too? AKA you, the jizz. <laughs> oh, the magical fluids. Oh, okay. Yeah. So to like ma- to make the get, ki- well, do you do something with that? Like, cause that's like a more obvious like result of the, sex. The physical manifestation of the orgasm. A hundred percent. Yeah. The do, elixir do, do, of life. So, so like, like, like if you don't mind, 
Ex- like describe like like what might getting you- deep there's gonna be a lot of disclaimers what, on this. what do you do with God, yeah <laughs> I mean, it's I'm so sure fucking every- weird i'm sure every ritual is a little different but like do you do something with the physical manifestation well yeah well and so AKA getting it back to crowley that that was his bag was like you know this is a dude that was it's going over to india in the 1800s or early 1900s and you know studying with tantric yogis and this and that so he's bringing eastern stuff into this western mysticism and so his big thing was he was a sex magician yeah and a lot of that is you know using consecrated fluids to uh you know dried up like little gonks of jizz well there's things called cakes of light Mm, i'll let you guys use your uh i should have used my yeah my my terminology i should have yeah cakes cakes i think you should explain what a cake of life is that sounds like a dry jizz Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I believe it's literally <laughs> like uh, because again, I'm not a thelemite, but I, b- I believe you're using you know vaginal and and penis fluids uh, from the act and, yes. and, and ingesting them to to further oh, consciousness change. In- okay, so ingesting, yeah, like a special sacred uh, Eucharist snack. Yeah, yeah, the Gnostic yeah. Eucharist. And, or, and I mean, not to make light of it, but like. Do you think it's possible that Crowley just likes to eat jizz and he was like, "Do not make light of it. <laughs> if you make light of it, I'll be very upset." And, 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 and you know, like he, like I mean, I, that's the first thing that comes to mind. He's like, he's like, he's like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna be magic if uh, I just can eat your jizz and your." Pee- <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah, and I think like a lot of it. The dude was like brought up in the wrong time he was in this the stuffy victorian england and he was this like bohemian rebel and he just wanted to shock everybody to the core and i think a lot of this and and shock does have value on your consciousness you know like people were boning like crazy in the turn of the century though like i feel like you know because of all the victorian stuff and like just the way life was supposed to be you constantly read about artists like all, everybody was having polyamorous relationships. People were just boning right and left, bisexual, omnisexual, just pansexual, all kinds of stuff was going on. So that was definitely like reactionary probably to all the limitations the society had put on them. Absolutely. And he, you know, it was, he liked to rebel against, you know, there was just the Victorian values. It was, it was fake. And he wanted to throw that in everybody's face. And literally like there was calls to have him executed all the time. The, but you know, he died British a natural one, life. He did well. Natural life as a heroin addict. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say like, but, he, he, died, he died. He died naturally, like a junkie does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he lived no. to a, a ripe old age. He was eighty or something like that in a rooming oh, house. Never, but yeah. he true. had to he have his well. he had to have his shots every day, like good old William Burroughs or whatever. But no, so no. does everybody in Rolling Stones. So what, what are we doing? Exactly. Yeah. Keith, Keith, Richards, Keith Richards is still alive and kicking. So what's the yeah, harm Yeah, the, the smack's way less hard on your body, believe it or not, physiologically, than alcohol is. I, I People don't know that. that. Cheers yeah. to that. That, that. That's what we hear. So, so Bri, um, now, now, and again, you don't have to go into it if it's too personal oh, or anything, or, or please do. Hey, but, if this but, is but, a safe space. This is a safe space, Bri, always. But, if, but, if you guys swear you're going to send me your John and Yoko picture. <laughs> That's uh, right. Two virgins. Quest, uh, I'll, I'll feel a John lot better and, talking. A John and Yoko picture, which both of us separately from each other, Jay and I thought we're talking about, you know, the famous picture where... Yoko's holding John as a baby, right? Like they're naked. They're like on the laying bed. on top yeah. of each other or something. It's like was it like at the store when they invited like a bunch of uh, like it was like a furniture I, store and they invited a bunch of uh, press. I to think see it was them? during their bed in. I'm thinking, and maybe I'm mixing them up. It was like Annie Leib- Leibowitz, but there's a, there's a few where they're 
they're they're they're just naked and they're like they don't look like they've been working out. There's a bunch of well, bush. Well, yeah, we, yeah. we, we, we thought yeah. it was Good the Annie. We thought it was pendulous the, titties. We thought it was the so famous pendulous. She's Annie only thirty five. I'm sorry. There were <laughs> way more pendulous than I would expect for you. Yeah, Yoko. heroin. We thought it was the um, famous Annie Leibovitz uh, picture of them laying in each other, and then and then we come to realize it's the what was it two virgins picture where they're just they're just like f- like full bush like five <laughs> five pounds of bush just like sitting there like holding hands. So much bush. It, it was yeah. it, it was it was a fun surprise when I googled that. Image. So Jane and, and I there's, are there's one in the creative. series where he does have a semi because so you can see what old John Lennon was packing wow. and like oh. you know his music was way better than what he was wow. packing very, he very packed good. better music I love this I love this sidebar we had but uh, we should probably get back to the cakes yeah so well, cakes well, of well, life well, what I was gonna ask you Brian cakes is, of uh, light I'm cakes sorry of light. yeah get it right <laughs> hey I think cakes of li- life fits just as well, well same um, thing what, what I, my, my question for you was was what have you like so, so this girl that you were with this scarlet woman as you describe her um she, Shout out. she she was having she was doing the sex magic thing for her own devices now now like what have you done like 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 what is the purpose like 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 can you make an example of like why you would do one of these rituals is it for spiritual enlightenment or are you using it to do something else like what kind of what kind of change in the physical world or in the world in general are you trying to achieve through through sex magic well, it's like, what's music for? What are you trying to achieve through? You can, it's an art. It's like you can achieve whatever you want. So yeah, there's like the people that want to achieve like some kind of spiritual knowledge or uplifting um, themselves, their intelligence, their, their, you know, their relationship, their connectedness. But then there's other people that want to, you know, that can use it to uh, increase their power or something or very like, uh, earthly or material things like 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 gaining some sort of uh like mo- like money or sure or or 100 percent. is it just umbrella like it could be anything you could yep what do you use jazz for did you like bright constantly find uh this parallel between your art and the occult like because like no matter what i do like in life always goes back to like yoga and meditation which i do a lot yeah so it's like it's like there's constantly i find like these same lessons and the same answers that i find in yoga and meditation like i take them into art into writing which i mostly do or comedy and but, so like is it was what was happening so one was feeding sort of the other right for you when at the i mean time. yoga and meditation is a magical path it's it's more of an internalized uh magic but so you so you're asking me what did these things do for me Nothing at that time. Got me into some weird shit. Okay, and that's what we're here to discuss. But I was uh, thinking about like how Hitler... We're not talking about Hitler, but hey. Hitler hey. was um, okay. Decent. He was a decent painter, right? Who got pretty much pissed off. And he was also psycho- psychotic and who knows what else. And uh, psychopath. And he became the worst person in history. You know, there's something to be said about a disappointed... The failed artist. The failed disappointed artist, right? Like what... Where are you going with this? uh, No, I'm asking like (laughs) to fight that, to fight that. You search enlightenment, right? That to feed your art. Is that something like I think of myself hopefully doing that, right? Like to me, the main purpose of my magic, like you put it, which is yoga meditation, is to become better artists maybe. And I wonder because you are a musician and at the time you were studying music, like and you were doing a lot of music, which you are still doing now. But like, was it like the main reason maybe like your heart was in the magic stuff because it was like helping your music? 
I, I would love to say that. Or just for vagina. Lots yeah. of vaginas. <laughs> no, I, dude, at that time it was like, oh, you could have control over other people. Okay, so. It's like that. Is, I was that's interesting. 18 so, years so, old. So it's so like, kind of you had, you had selfish, more of a selfish motivation, would you say? like, Or yeah, like I could have increased power. Like, oh, there's this hidden thing that people don't understand that I could come to understand and, and thus gain, you know, more, yeah, knowledge and power. Sign yeah. me up. So, 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 like the intentions weren't like quote pure. unquote pure. Yeah, like, like, like hell they, they no. Were, they, they, you were you were looking to to get something tangible out of it. But do you think you could, that it, mushrooms can make you feel that way? Like as pure as mushrooms are. As I don't think I would have been thought that that was a reality if it wasn't for psychedelics. You know what I mean? Um, what, no, no. What, what do you mean? You, you, the you, magical you, reality. Like oh, I, I, right, I right. don't. I think psychedelics is what kind of it kind of shows you the door and maybe lets you yeah. peek in, and then that stuff is like you can in a controlled way go through the door. Uh, okay, that, that, that's interesting. Yeah, like like so if if I'm hearing you right, you're saying like the psychedelic experiences uh, that you had before pre pre, pre magic uh, uh, psychedelic experiences were showed you this kind of like. State. magical world or like or, or th th this this place that, that that didn't adhere to the to the rules of of the earth so to speak or like conventional rules and so and so it kind of gave you like a like a glimpse into what was possible you know if you practice magic you could get into these weird mystical places that that you that seem to do do seem to exist what 100 like you know it's like once you know in high school i took a psychology class where we talk about young and the the concept of the collective unconscious and the reason i was able to understand that was like you know i was 14 years old taking acid and then i'm seeing like knowing nothing about hinduism or aztec religion or anything but i'm seeing you know i'm seeing shiva and i'm seeing you know i'm seeing weird aztec culture stuff from the aztec culture and i'm like what is this and I'm like why are these symbols popping up i have no interest in this you know what i mean like uh and, and so it gives you, it gave me insight into that there's a deeper reality that's kind of programmed into us. And then I learned about Carl Jung and the idea of archetypes. And, I, I, and, that, and I said, I get that because of psychedelics. Yeah, I, I, I can relate to that. I, in fact, when you just said like Aztec and, and Indian like Shiva images, I remember right. distinctly in high school, maybe you were there at the same time. Just I remember like staring at walls sometimes while I was tripping and seeing like a kind of mandala or, or, or like, or like a, you know, like, like a, like a Hindu God, like kind of like, like shifting in the patterns of the wall or like an Aztec uh, or, or, or like Incan type of type of imagery or Egyptian. And, and, yeah. Right. Exactly. I remember just seeing that occasionally and be, and again, also thinking like, where's this coming from? Like, I'm not that part of this religion. I don't really know anything about it. Like, why am I seeing these images? And I mean, you know, there's a many ways to, to explain that without saying that there's like a, there's like a mystical uh, other dimension world that you're accessing but 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 well, it, what it, are the what are those other ways then well well i mean because you've obviously seen imagery like like you know you, you've seen pictures of things you've 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 seen movies with like with with egyptian you know iconography and like maybe i get just that but popped in your head and you and you ended up you know like overlaid but like why is those symbols are chosen right in right like, exactly that time why is it no like i don't know cat riding a, a hog you know the yeah yeah the, the, the classic the, the famous the classic, exactly <laughs> the classic Sasha. Cat riding a hog. I mean, we were brought up like on television, bombarded with television and movies and images and this and that. So why why wasn't it? Why don't I see you know fucking Arnold from Different Strokes all the time? I'm taking acid. 
or or whatever when I'm 15. Well, well, I, I mean, it could it could though be just just to play devil's advocate. It could be because we are told that these images are religious and spiritual. You know, like Hindu well, gods well, and, well, and Aztec Christ gods. Where's Christ in it? Where's Christ? Yeah, I, well, I don't see a whole lot of Christ when I trip. Some people probably do though. I I, I would I would argue like 100. percent like like, like I, I I I never saw that because that to me was like the establishment religion or establishment spirituality. When you're, you're tripping, you're but sort to of re- me wasn't. Re- rebelling and and um. But to me, it wasn't as a person who grew up in, as an atheist by atheist parents in atheist country, and uh, I. But then like. Russian Orthodox religion was introduced to like when I was like I don't know eleven years old in my country, but that's like the only religion. I love I, Eastern Orthodox. It's uh, beautiful. It's amazing. But it's yeah, it's so like ritualistic. Oh, and that's great! Yeah, it's a cult as hell. My uncle married in like 1990 in like a super fancy like ritualistic Russian Orthodox way in Moscow, and I still have that videotape like. And it's like insane. Like there's like everybody has to stand, and it goes on for like four hours. And I'm sure everybody's it's exhausted, holding the crowns. Like it's terrible the, for the uninitiated. Yeah, <laughs> I've got, if I can go to an occult aside and talk about a member, a a, a, a frater, a brother in the Golden Dawn. Um, this has to do with the Eastern Orthodox. There's a lot of Golden Dawn people, the group that I've been involved with, that are Eastern Orthodox Christians. I'm interested um, to get into the Golden Dawn, but I guess we should just, you know, uh, well, wrap but this up gets into we'll, we'll, Nazi magic, Genesis P. Orage, uh, Temple of Psychic Youth, Blood Orgies. Uh, Keep on going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah let me let me tell this because you're telling a story about about this friend of yours, this person in the, in the Golden Dawn or whatever. So who's an Eastern Eastern Orthodox um, iconography artist? Uh, Frater Jake, punk rock is shit. He's covered in in tattoos and this and that. So his story about how he came to the Golden Dawn is fucking crazy. Um, so he was in. Do you guys have you heard of Temple of Psychic Youth Genesis Porridge? I, you, I I do yes, and but, I have not yeah. like most listeners probably have. <laughs> I, I, Genesis, oh, you never know. Hey, you never know what they're googling for. Yeah, Genesis Porridge is a kind of a art rock. Um, icon. I think a lot of people know him, and he had a band, Throbbing Gristle, and um, Psychic TV, and then, but he had an occult group called um, the Temple of Psychic Youth. So, anyways, um, he's an interesting guy. You should check out his shit. Like the Brian Jonestown Massacre loves Genesis. They're all buddies. So, anyways, uh, th- this brethren of mine in the Golden Dawn was part of Temple of Psychic Youth, and he was this like neo-Nazi, like Satanist uh, magician, and you know they would eat acid and like. To have blood orgies and shit like that do this some really dark stuff when he was into this stuff and so he had this experience he was doing some kind of working and invoking the spirits of saturn or something and without getting too much into the details yeah, classic Sa- thing we all know what that yeah, is. yeah yeah everybody does that <laughs> um saturn governs you know uh, uh blood in the human body and and lead the the metal of saturn is lead so he had what he called his Saturn initiation when he's working with the spirit. So he's coming home from his job, whatever it was, and he, his buddy was going to meet him at his apartment. So he, he comes in and he sees his buddy is a blonde haired guy and his buddy's got a gun and sticks it in his face. And he says, get that shit out of my face. Then he realizes it's not his buddy. So it's this guy. This guy grabs him, takes him up to his apartment at gunpoint. And at this point, he can hear helicopters going all around, you know, Capitol Hill in our neighborhood in Denver. 
and stuff. And the guy's got the TV on. Um, he like ties him up and he's sitting there banging cocaine. He's shooting, injecting cocaine into his arm, watching this manhunt for him while holding um, Fratter Jake hostage. And um, so he's watching the manhunt and this and that. And there's, there's searchlights from helicopters. They can hear helicopters. This goes on for, I think, like five hours and stuff. And then finally, all of a sudden, the door like busts open and, um, and the cops run in. And my friend jumps up and he's like, he's right here. He's right here, you know. And that guy opens up on the cops. Boom, boom. And the, he said the cops all ran out like little bitches, ran out of the, the apartment. And so my friend hops because he's tied up into his bedroom. The guy runs in and shoots my friend in the face and in, in the neck multiple times and then blows his own brains out. And then the cops run back in. And because because of my friend is, you know, covered in tattoos and covered in blood, they think he's the culprit. So they beat the shit out of him. And put him in the in the ambulance, and he like can't talk and all this. And so this, this he had like some kind of mystical experience from this. He he joined the Golden Dawn and then converted to become an Eastern Orthodox Christian. And now he's he's a quiet man that paints this beautiful iconography. Um, I have some of his work here, I believe. Iconography in Russia, I know, can get really intense. Like that's like the one thing that people are older babushkas would be like even obsessed like even during soviet times they'll be like oh but like the sacred I- icona like the iconas like like that's that's the precious it's all based on sacred geometry like their arms have to be at certain angles and like it's all geometric and there, there's a complex philosophy behind it yeah and it is very uh like pagan in some way you know because even though it's because the people get so attached, I remember, to like the image that it's like there's the fear of like, well, they almost forget about Christ himself, like in the spirit themselves. That, you know? That's the accusations against, you know, Catholicism and this and that. It's a, Christianity is a witchy ass religion. Don't let anybody uh, tell you differently. <laughs> we just see American Protest, Protestantism where it's like, you need to be saved by the lamb. And the, it's nowhere near like what real, you know, esoteric Christianity is like. It's some witchy-ass shit. So, Bri, um, should we get to the Golden Dawn, like Days of Bri's? Like, just in terms of how I'm familiar with this stuff, like, I'm not familiar at all. Like, I took one class in college that was called Secret Societies. And I remember, like, I read this one book, and the guy was very cool, and he's like, the teacher, he's like, there's secret societies and then there's societies with secrets. And that's the two like difference between the two. Because the secret societies is that you don't know who belongs to them. Like you don't, the membership is unknown and you don't know what they do. Like there's guessing around this, but you don't really know what they do. Societies with secrets is, do you know the membership, but you still like hazy on what they do. Radio. What is the Golden Dawn? What can you tell us about it, except for the historic like context that you gave us a little bit already? So it was a secret society. It was started by um, Freemasons and Rosicrucians in in the in 1888. So basically, it's like Freemasons that wanted to do more magic in their you know than their Masonic lodges were comfortable with. 
and they're aware of this stuff. So they, they formed the Golden Dawn, yada, yada. It was a totally secret society until, I can't remember, um, a guy named Israel Rigardi, who was, he was actually Aleister Crowley's secretary for a time, but he was a big member of the Golden Dawn. And then the, after World War II, a lot of the members of the Golden Dawn were killed. And so it was fading into obscurity. So he published all their like kind of secret manuscripts for the world to see. And that's when the Golden Dawn became, you know, a society with secrets rather than a secret society. So we're not freaking anybody out by saying that you are a member no, of the Golden no. Dawn. No, most, most of my brethren in the Golden Dawn would never admit that they were, but I don't fucking care because I'm an eccentric weirdo. There's no rule or like you're not breaking a rule by by telling people that you're a member or, or any kind of code. You're not like violating any kind of code. There's just this. Some people some people are OK, and, uh, like being public about it. And some people aren't. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Are there any sister in there or? Whatever oh, the yeah, word is? totally. Okay. Good. To yeah. Know. And that's what was cool about uh, the Golden Dawn, even in the 1800s. It's like Masonic lodges wouldn't admit women. And in the Golden Dawn, it's like women had equal you know, everything that they could be leaders, this and that. There was, there was some famous actresses in London of the stage. Um, a woman named Florence Farr was, mm -hmm. uh, was, you know, a high ranking member. And she was kind of like the Marilyn Monroe of, of London or something like that for the English stage. And so she kind of played like, you know, a dumb woman mm -hmm. in all her roles, a dumb, sexy woman, but she was actually this brilliant person. You, and you can see it in her writings. Talk about archetypes. Shout out to Carl Jung. <laughs> so, so Bri, the, uh, the the Golden Dawn. Get, as much as you can, tell us and tell the audience. Like, like we, we know that it's a, it's a it's a it's a group, right? And but like, what do you do? Like, how often do you hang out? Yeah, yeah. Do you have meetings? Do you zoom, y'all? Yeah, What's you, going so, on? <laughs> so yeah, it's a system of ceremonial magic that I think is pretty good. And um, as far as like. So it's it's really all a personal journey, what you're doing. And you can do everything alone. And then you you get together to do group workings and group ritual and, you know, do initiations, et cetera, et cetera. But it's really quite it's, – it's very much a personal experience. Um, but, yeah, so we get together. I actually host uh, Denver's Temple of um, Thoth Isis here in Denver. So we're not talking Isis, just – <laughs> yeah, yeah not, not not the Islamic oh, uh, evil. Yeah. He's uh, Egyptian god Isis. Uh, not, yeah, not, you got to uh, give that caveat yeah. uh, nowadays. There's a metaphysical bookshop here in Denver called Isis. And after all that shit, they were getting like bricks thrown through their window. And they had to change their name to Goddess Isis. So <laughs> for the hillbillies, for the angry peasants. <laughs> so how long have you been a member of the Golden Dawn? So I've been a member for 12 years. I'd say I haven't been highly active in the last three years or so. Um, but yeah, 12 years. And, and, and just because I think people hear these kind of things like it's a magical group or we're doing rituals like it does it doesn't involve like you know i mean i i know this this is the case but like you're, you're not like sacrificing animals or doing any kind of like 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 you know uh, things that would be associated with like like satanist satanism or anything or, or are you next question <laughs> no i'm kidding no no it's very it's very positive and uh, spiritual stuff like most of the people that rise up in there are highly intelligent brilliant people it's really great it's nothing but positive stuff like you know I could say there's there's stuff we do in the in some of the higher 
levels. We do blood magic, but it's like literally people like being like, ouch, you know, mm-hmm. pricking their finger. It's mm-hmm. not like a Hollywood version of people opening cutting across their chest and spraying blood damn no eyes wide shot yeah 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 at least what i've seen i, I think that's what people's first uh thing that comes to their mind though is is that like like oh you're doing this like ritual magic occult shit that you've got someone on an altar and you're like cutting them open or you're 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 killing like animals or something like that like it, you're not that, that that's not that's not the deal right it's sure it's, yeah you don't need to do blood magic you can accomplish that stuff other ways with the good old yeah. Cakes of light. Yeah. <laughs> um, are, are, are there any, because there's so many different types of occult groups and everything, are there groups that, that are out there that you know of that do do things like that? Fuck yeah. There's scary shit out there, man. Yeah. Are you able to talk about like the, like these groups or anything about them? Like, I mean, I, mean, I don't it, get you in trouble, but it, it wouldn't get me in trouble. It's just a rabbit hole and it, it sounds unbelievable stuff. Like it's, I don't know. I wouldn't, I'd rather not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's bad uh, people, dude. And and there's things where people can like, you know, use it to justify their sociopathy or whatever. So, Brian, you also a neuropsychiatrist. Do you think one thing helps the other? Um, well, so I'm a neuropsychiatric counselor. Thank you. I'm a, sorry. A psychiatrist would be uh way above my pay grade and okay. way more school. But uh, yeah, well, you see, st- you see how kind of when someone's in psychosis or autistic kids and how they're kind of like, you know, speaking their stream of consciousness. You can, I mean, I, I wouldn't say magic helps it, but you, it's like there's a great quote. It's like um, something like what the what the madman drowns in, the magician swims in. I don't know if you ever heard that one. Well, but, now uh, we have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can literally see. And I work at a children's hospital and stuff. And it's literally, you know, being around the mentally ill or whatever you want to call it. You can literally see people drowning in stuff that um, we're taught to navigate in or whatever. It's unfortunate. And and by we, you mean like other (laughs) practitioners of like ritual magic or. Sure. Or Or people that like psychedelic drugs that have had a nice, healthy upbringing or whatever. Right, right, right. You and I, me. I see. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. No, I, I know what you're saying. So, you, you, you're more, you're more adept to, to, to like the, the, the world of psychosis. So, you're not gonna fall in it and drown, like you're saying. You can, you can kind of like stay in right. the water. And a lot of these poor kids are poor people. You know, whether it's a neurochemical accident, or whether it's you know from trauma or this and that, they're just drowning and they're unconscious. Kind of, it's like there's a tear between our conscious mind and unconscious mind, and their unconscious mind is scary and it's bubbling into their conscious world, and that's what you could say psychosis is. Yeah, that sounds like the plot for the Stranger Things season one, at least, because I never got into season two, but it <laughs> is about the unconscious spilling into the yeah. real world. Yeah, yeah, no, the other side. Yeah. So, so Brian, you've been doing this for a while, right? And you obviously enjoy it. Like, you know, it, it it gives you it gives you some something. I mean, like like, can you talk about any kind of tangible benefits? Like, like, like if you're trying, if someone's interested in in ritual ceremonial there's a young magic, kid out there. Yeah, there's some young, young kids, kids. You, you want to turn on. Like, 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 what has it done for you, positive and negative? I, I'd like to hear the good the good things and the bad things if they exist. Yeah, it's, it's so simple. It makes you more yourself. And like, literally, like it's helped me to come uh, to more peace with myself, which is like, it sounds like a simple thing or whatever, but it's a big deal. There's, you know, things, 
I thought I'd never come to terms with or this and that. And, and I have through that. And uh, to, to go into some movie stuff, have you ever seen that movie called um, A Dark Song? A dark song. No, I don't think I have. It's great. You guys should watch it. All right. It's about someone doing there. There was a ritual that Crowley performed, but it's much older. It's like middle uh, magic from the middle ages. Um, it's called the Abramelin working. And um, so it's a movie about a, uh, a woman that pays a guy to do the Abramelin working with her. But the ending's so beautiful. She just comes to a simple understanding in the end. And and that sums up kind of the goal really well. It's an, you couldn't come to that understanding with, sometimes without it. You need to have such a deep experience, but it's a simple understanding. The, the, the way you're describing it, it almost sounds like magic for you. The practice of magic is like therapy. And or right? revenge. Sure. Like, like analogous to therapy. Well, isn't any kind of a spiritual system really? You want to become more of a whole person. You want to become more actual self-actualize and yes like weird shit happens and you know paranormal stuff and this and that but the real goal is to become you know a more to to have illumination to shine light on what you don't know about yourself to become an illuminous scotty yeah right i don't think i'd want to be him so 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 so, so, so sasha she just mentioned she just said the word revenge now do 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 people use it in that way? Like, 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 cause what you've been describing like is kind of like his path toward enlightenment and this therapeutic thing. That's like about inward personal growth. Like, is there a way to use it, uh, you know, to, to hurt people or to, or to, or, or, or for like some, some sort of selfish personal gain. And, and if so, like, what are examples of that? Yeah, 100%. Uh, Totally. And again, like magic is an art. It's just like music. It's like you can use it for whatever ends, you know, if you want to incite people to violence with music or with magic, you can do it. Um, so the, the question was like, what, what do people do when they want to do harmful things? Well, or, 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 or just like, or what's an do example? Do people do it? Yeah. Well, I, I'm assuming some people do do bad things with it, but like, what's Fuck yeah. like, if, can you pull out an example of like, you know, j- just something that someone you know or someone you've heard of has done y- using this for the dark side, so to speak? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, early on, it's like, I don't know. I, I'd like liken it to a martial art or something. Maybe people get into martial arts, some people, because they want to like kick someone's ass. And then you go and do it, and it actually feels really bad. And uh, so, yeah, like I've, I've I, I early on, once I started to get the hang of it and stuff, I've used it to uh, like cause misfortune to others. And it, and if it's not satisfying and it feels bad, it's just like hurting a person. If you were to hurt them physically, if you're not a sociopath, then. Uh, but yeah, there's people that do that all the time, or they use, you know, you'd call it sorcery to get lower things like to try you're doing money magic all the time you're doing magic to get some some poontang or whatever get some dick yeah yeah totally yeah so uh yeah selfish uh material things if 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 it were really effective though why aren't more practitioners practitioners of like sorcery so to speak like why aren't there billionaire sorcerers out there i just well how do you know there's not man that's like true, the, but, the, like, but, but like, but like, smart ones exact, keep their mouths shut. But, like, but I, like, I can't prove a negative though. Be, like, 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 who the smart ones keep their mouths shut? Like, so, so you think there are people out there doing, you know, selfish magic, and they're just not, they're just keeping it a secret? Yeah, I'm sure there's people out there. I don't know. Like, I can tell you, like, 
out of like out of the people I know in like my order in the Golden Dawn, I, I'm probably one of the only people that would even talk about that I'm in the Golden Dawn because I'm an eccentric. But it's yeah. like, and I, I think the same way goes on the other thing, the other way too. Most people, it doesn't suit anybody to talk about this stuff. Bri, are you wearing pants? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> hold, hold, hold on a second. We gotta take a picture. All right, great. Thank you, Bri. Yeah, that, that, that's great. Thank you for that. I was waiting for that reveal. Very good. It's for, um, it's for my DJ show later. But so, so Bri, um, <laughs> the the I, I guess what I'm getting at is that if magic is real and you're actually able to affect change outside of yourself and you're you are able to do it selfishly then why do why did crowley die like like penniless and alone in destitution addicted to heroin what what why is kenneth anger in the same boat like 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 what what, what why are all these people that that are so deep into it uh, i guess maybe like a, an exception might be jimmy page or something but like but but uh, you know oh, jimmy page was ruined I'd he, say he was ruined by it. What the fuck yeah, did he ever do? Yeah, yeah, but 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, so if, if you're able to do all this stuff, then how come, uh, like, how come there's all these cases of major practitioners that, that that end up like in horrible spaces? Like, 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 why why is that happening? Because the equation balances, man. If you're going around hurting people or taking what what's not supposed to be yours, the the equation will balance. But who's to say that, that you, you there's not a, a balancing of the equation for personal growth and spirituality? Like, why, what, what, why do you think it's like, why in your mind is it safer to practice like, quote unquote, white magic or, towards like personal enlightenment? Like, how, how, why does the pendulum not swing back and hit you for doing that? Well, this gets into, you know, some metaphysical philosophy, but I believe that, you know, there is like a universal truth that is better to heal than it is to harm. If that makes sense. There is some kind of system of checks and balances in the universe. Right. Do you want to sell us any crazy shit that you've seen or you've been up to uh, being in this, you know, just like sort of experiences, some anecdotes or anything like that? Spooky stories? Yeah. yeah. Like, like like you mentioned that you've seen paranormal stuff happen. Like like for the audience, they're dying to know like what paranormal stuff has happened. Like can you are you able to describe like things you've that, seen and experienced? But it's, it's weird. It's like cheap cheapens the experiences in some ways but there's a few like i'll tell you that that are kind of cool and kind of spooky yeah uh there's one it was like when i advanced into you know one of the elemental grades in the golden dawn which i won't explain what that is but is after this grade we all know it, what it, that is we all, yeah. we all know that come on yeah like, totally <laughs> i changed grade there's new energies conferred this and that so so like uh i i, I wake up in the middle of the night this is right before my girlfriend Claire and I got together like 10 years ago, but um, it's part of the reason why we got together, which I'll explain. But so I wake up in the middle of the night and there's just this slimy black male masculine energy shadow standing over me in my bed. And it's like, you know, the, the classic sleep paralysis thing. I know you, I've had that shit before. It's scary yeah. as fuck. Yeah. And so, but it, like, you know, I sit up in bed looking at this thing and my first reaction was, it's you again. And so rewind to like a few years uh, before that, my band was on tour. We played a festival in Milwaukee and a music festival. And I woke up in the hotel room with that same fucking thing standing over. And it was just like, even though it was, you know, there was no discerning features, it's energy. It was, it had just a distinct energy. 
And so I woke up to this in, in the hotel room in Milwaukee, screaming, woke up the whole band and like freaked out the whole band and stuff. Cause it was, I was screaming like I was being murdered and stuff. And then I just kind of forgot about it. And you fast forward all those years later, I wake up to this thing standing over me. I'm like, it's you again. And it's just, my heart is beating out of my chest and I'm sitting up in bed, like kind of in front of this thing. And it kind of just dissipates whatever. And I'm like, holy shit. And I go back to bed and, uh, wake up like an hour or two later and then there's this little girl standing at the end of my bed and um and it's it doesn't have that slimy nasty energy or whatever and i just kind of go oh shit you know and pull the covers over my face and uh go back to sleep so i'm i'm telling my teacher in the golden dawn about it and stuff and he's like yeah he's like it's probably a blind spirit he's like you should bind it to you and he's like and i'll teach you like what to do with it later on and and I was like, no, I was like, I don't want to bind that to me. That was f- like fucking scary or whatever. But at the same time, you know, I'm justifying it away. I'm like, oh, there's that sleep paralysis thing. The shadow people, the people wake up in the middle of the night. It's that brain thing. They can stimulate it. You know, they, they've shown they can stimulate an area of your brain that makes you. Have if I don't have my gravity blanket, it's just it's easier for me to get that. Like I need a lot of pressure to not have like weird like voices or feelings on my chest yeah yeah and, and you, you know there's people i mean who knows maybe some alien abductions are actually alien abductions but then you could also describe it as like a sleep paralysis or like a, i've had that like, with the grays too yeah right, woke right. up with a gray in my bed next to my bed in high school yes it's all part of the same phenomenon i have no doubt right and but that doesn't mean it's like just a product of the brain you're in this like in between world i think right. at that point Kind of um, like the psychedelic uh, 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 analogy, yeah, yeah, sure. Where, where, where it's the, like you're, the dark carnival and DMT. It's like it, it is the is the hallucination. You know, it's not physically real, but it's it's it does feel more real than like than like a dream or or like or or just a an idea. It's like it's like you're actually experiencing it. Right, right, yeah. So. I, Yes. I'm telling my teacher about this and stuff. So I tell him about the shadow. He's like, you should bind it to you. Like, I'll teach you how later. Like, um, he's like, but that's what I do because I'm an evoker or whatever. And um, and then I start talking about the – I'm like, then I wake up later and there's this little girl. He's like, oh, let me guess. He's like, the little girl wasn't scary. And um, I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, that's the one you got to watch out for. He's like, the little girls will ask you to do stuff like with your magic and stuff. He's like, he's like, it's probably the same thing, like, and masking its form with the little girl. That's what they like to do. And uh, I was like, well, that's really fucking scary. But then I'm still saying, you know, this is just sleep paralysis, this and that. And so then after that, I couldn't really sleep with my lights off anymore. And I had just started to see Claire. And, it, and I think it sped up our relationship a lot because I'd be like, well, why don't you sleep over tonight and uh, <laughs> stuff like, or maybe I'll sleep over and this and that. And so she's sleeping over. And then in the middle of the night, one night, I wake up to her digging her nails into my chest and like hyperventilating. And I was like, what's, what's going on? What are you doing? And then she's like, nothing. Go back to bed. And then she's all weird the next day and this and that. And I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, she's like, I saw that thing. She's like, I saw the black shadow thing or whatever and and then at that point i'm like well another person saw it that makes it awful real to me had you told had you told her about it before yes i yes i had so you could say a suggestion or this and that but um and so i'm like yeah this is too fucking real now and she didn't want to tell me about it right away and uh so i go to my teacher and he's like he's like yeah it's probably a blind spirit he's like he's like 
He's like bind it to you or whatever. I'm like, no, this you is. You love this. binding. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. all about it. That, he's he's like, an evoker, man. <laughs> that's the guy you should get on here. He would never go on here. Shout he's out. The, he's the one that's a, he's an astrophysicist at Lockheed Martin. Uh, he's literally like a rocket scientist. And uh, he hides that stuff so well, but he, his stories are fucking crazy. Like I, I am but a grasshopper. But um, so anyways, I'm like, dude, that really scares me. Like, can you find out what it is or this and that? And um, he's like, yeah, like, I guess so. I'm like, can you find out like now? And so he goes into like a meditative <laughs> state or whatever. And he comes back and he's like, oh, he's like, I'm sorry. I told you to bind it to you. He's like, just keep He's like, just make sure you keep doing your banishing rituals or whatever. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? He went 180 after that. Meditation. He's like, he's like, well, he's like, yeah, he's like, it's demonic. He's like, but I don't get a, like a sense that it's afflicting you or anything. He's like, you're not getting really angry or really depressed out of nowhere or anything. And I was like, what? No. Like, Why? And he's like, well, it's a number of things. It could be a number of things. And he gave, went into explanations. But he, he taught me a ritual to kind of call it before me and this and that and tell it not to bother me until I c could call it again. And I only saw it two times after that. And it was really funny after I did this ritual. One time I woke up and it was next to my bed and it was hunched over. And it wasn't opaque black anymore. It just looked weak. It was like hunched over like it was sick. And, and weak and I wasn't scared of it and then one more time I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw it it was sitting against my dresser like pouting like I'm not bothering you and then uh, yeah never saw it again yeah that's one little spooky night story so whatever man I, I definitely know there's you know, was it masculine paralysis. energy? You said that one. Oh yeah, it was ugly, really ugly. Now, right? I love that story. It's fascinating. That's exactly what I was hoping you you'd tell us because it's it's. I a, got more with no, physical no, I, phenomenon. I I I, I, I want to hear that, but before we go into the physical one, I want to I want to ask you before I forget the um has now in a group setting when there's when there's multiple people doing a ritual. Has there ever been phenomena you can talk about where everybody has witnessed the same thing at the same time? Not in the, so we don't do that kind of stuff. So like most of the group stuff, it's like you have people of different rank and ability. And so you do stuff that's kind of common to everybody. It's, it's, there's what's called the inner order and the outer order. So um, the adepts, like the teachers, you get to the, the part where you're the inner order. I hear stories about inner order stuff that's like, like that. You, they do group evocations. To evoke something means to bring it to physical form and stuff. So you hear scary stories about that. I mean, I can tell you stories my, my teacher uh, told me like they were they were evoking like they, they did this ritual where no one wanted to take on um, the God form of Set. And so Set was like the Egyptian Satan or whatever. So basically, yeah, because he was an evoker. He's like, I'll do it. He's, he can deal with like nastier energies. And this, so I guess apparently he takes on set and something happened in this ritual where he ended up like writhing across the floor on his belly and then vomiting everywhere. And he blacked out during it. But it was so like scary to even people that were adepts that people were like, I'm out. They're like, I'm done with this shit. It was, but they, they said he just wriggled across the floor like a snake. But like, like people, people who were into it that were adepts had, were had like, been I'm into done. it for years. And meaning like they, they quit ritual magic. Like they, they quit. Yeah, the, they were the, done the group. They were done. Um, is there anything else you could tell us? Like shed a little light, open up the, let us peek inside your world. What else? You I got? mean, dude, we what? could do that. I could talk about this shit forever. Honestly, I'll give you two more. Like, okay. uh, so like I was running an Airbnb in my house. Right. And like motherfuckers would come in. It's a, it's a big cavernous, weird house. We got like 10 different rooms or this apartment. We have a top floor of this old building. And, um, 
So we we were having problems with like you know dr- like drunk dudes coming home and like walking into our room and stuff just because they were confused by the house and stuff. Right. So we started shutting our door and our door it's like you literally have to like lift it up and sh- like shut it into the the door frame and then it's just jammed like. You have to like muscle it to get it open and right. stuff. But we were doing that so these motherfuckers wouldn't come in. So we had another guy in, and so we closed the door. This is when I was doing alchemical work, which is, I won't even explain background on that shit. That's a whole separate podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's part. Of, this is this is a five part series. Um, but anyways, so in the middle of the night, the door goes flying open, and it makes a huge racket when it's like you know squeaking off of the door frame and stuff. The door flies open. Uh, Dude comes walking in, walks to the foot of the bed, and all of a sudden shrinks. And then this giant white dog comes and jumps up onto my chest, jumps up on top of me and stuff. And I, I start wait, wait, yelling. Wait, wait, so, 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 so the shrinking the, dude. Yeah, yeah, hold on. So, so, a, guy, so a guy, a, 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 a adult male comes into your room. What I shrinks, thought was. Sh- right, right, right. The form of one shrinks into a dog and the dog jumps on your chest? Yeah, walks to the foot of the bed. All of a sudden it's like, Drops like there's an elevator, and then a giant white dog uh, jumps up onto my chest. And I grab Claire, my girlfriend, and I start screaming, what is that? What is that? Like screaming. I was like, ah. And she's like, she's like, there's nothing. There's nothing. She's like, but she's like, but why is the door open? Why did the door get thrown open? Right, 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 right. Yeah, that, that was kind of what I was looking for was like, like corroboration of, you know, like multiple people witnessing similar phenomena. So she, she didn't see the, 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 the human form or the dog, but, but the door fl- flew open and she, she witnessed that. Right. Yeah, and she's like, there's nothing there. She's like, you're tripping out. She's like, but why? She's like, who threw the door open? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, who in, Who indeed? Um, we'll never know. Uh, yeah, we'll never know. Uh, well, there's ways <laughs> to investigate it, but I didn't. Uh, right. And here's the last one. This one's beautiful. This is a beautiful story of uh, mm-hmm. Golden Dawn magic. Um, I was in the... In, in a grade called Theoricus, which is like you're studying the element of air and stuff. So these elements have these... It's an umbrella of things, phenomenon in the world that they encompass. So air encompasses like communication, travel, you know, the corresponding gods are Mercury and Hermes. It's um, mentation, thinking, writing, communication. So we learn how to create these things called artificial elementals. Essentially, it's like what the uh, the Tibetan Buddhists do with like tulpas. Have you ever heard of tulpas creating the creation of thought forms? Yeah, that's like in the uh, Sasha the, in the new Twin Peaks. Remember that there was all about mm. tulpas. Tulpas. <laughs> yeah, David yeah. Lewis. So that's to say that there's so much um, intersection between Tibetan Buddhism and Hermeticism, but that's another. That's another. That's for part four. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, so I create an artificial air elemental, and the, the idea is like you create these things and you give them a task and you give them a time frame to complete this task. And so that's how you know whether or not you're having successful uh, casting of these things or creation of these things. So I created an artificial air elemental and its task was to bring a human into my life that personifies like air energy so I could learn about it more. Right. And so I do this thing, this ritual, I give it like a week to perform its task. So I'm driving home one night from from work at the children's hospital. And I've got the classical station on and I hear this beautiful, like, you know, Mother Mary choral music um, playing on the on the radio. And they're like, oh, that was the music of Hildegard von Bingen. I was like, damn, that's awesome. So I like write the name down. I go and download all her music 
and without knowing anything about her. And then we fast forward to the end of the week, and uh, and me and my girlfriend were out, ate some ate some Molly and some MDMA, dancing at the club. Typical Saturday night. Typical Saturday Typical. night for Brian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love the MDMA. Yeah, so we come home from the club. Typical Saturday night, this and that. Uh, Claire, who's not prone to such things, this is almost harkens back to the Aleister Crowley and his uh, honeymoon thing. She says, there's a spirit in front of the door. She never says stuff like that. I said, what are you talking about? Are you fucking tripping? And we're not prone to seeing spirits. We've taken you know MDMA a th- thousands of times and never see spirits on it or any strange hallucinations. And um, she says, there's a spirit in front of the door. You don't see it when we get back to the apartment. No, I don't see it. I'm like, you're tripping and stuff. And so we have ways to, to deal with such things. Like in the Golden Dawn, you project certain symbols at them to see if it's something you want to have around. And I'm like, project the banner of the West at them. And, uh, and I was kind of laughing at her. She's like, don't laugh. Because it was like we, she was in the presence of something. And, and she did. And she's like, no, he's still here. This and that. Well, uh, and then I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't see anything. And then so, uh, so then we get into the, into the DMT and, uh, and I, and I go and put this music on that I've been downloading, right? And, uh, Hildegard von Bingen, know nothing about her beautiful choral, like Catholic choral music. That's all I could, you know, attribute to it. And so I'm listening to it and then I look over and in front of the door, there's this cowled monk, right? And, uh, he's sitting there in reverence with his head bowed, bowed down. And I kind of grab Claire and I'm like, holy shit, Claire, there's a fucking spirit in front of the door. And she's like, I told you. She's like, he's been here the whole time. This is probably 40 minutes later. And wait, I mentioned that, you know, we took a couple of rips of DMT, but it's very gentle DMT. Like I, I wasn't blasting off. <laughs> uh, I know. Like an oxymoron, but go on. Yeah. Right, the, right. Well, there is gentle DMT and maybe, maybe some of you have had it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But it, it, it's, you know, it, it, you're not blasting off. You're not going into the, the weird realm. We were very used to this. It, done that thousands of times too and never had any kind of supernatural experience. But so I think that kind of loosened my astral sphincter a little bit. And uh, I, I look over and there's this cowled monk, this male sitting there in reverence. And I'm like, holy shit, there's a spirit in front of the door. And Claire's like, I told you. And he's been here for like the last 40 minutes. And she's like, but you were making fun of me. And I was like, holy fuck. So I project a certain symbols at him. And then I started asking him questions. And he says, I'm here to bear witness to the music of Hildegard von Bingen. And I'm like, what? Who the fuck is Hildegard von Bingen? This and that. He tells me his name was, he was named Grigory Minsk. And he was a, a traveling lecturer from Krakow um, in the 1200s. And he was a consort of Hildegard von Bingen. And he's there to bear witness to her to her music and i'm like you know what the fuck and so i get over and i start googling hildegard von bingen well she was this like um 12th century abbotess in in germany and you know long story short even though it's still a long story uh she was basically like this catholic witch she was using like herbs you know and, and stones to heal people and people came to her for her healing abilities and this and that and so she had the shit where like her nuns were cloistered with a bunch of monks at a place like i think it was in germany and her nuns kept ending up pregnant and um which classic, is what, classic trouble class that's what's gonna happen <laughs> dude basic algebra 
Yeah, so they keep ending up pregnant. And at that time, you couldn't stay a Catholic nun, obviously, if you get pregnant. And then they couldn't go home to their family. So they were shamed and they'd end up killing themselves. And she was so horrified by this and saw it as such, as such a mortal sin that she was giving her nuns abortions with like herbs and stuff. And because she saw it as like, you know, less of Planned a cruel. Parenthood. Right, right, right. She, she was a, she was a witchy lady. And so it was, then she finally got her, noin, her nuns cloistered away from the other monks and stuff. But she was this great composer of music and she was this theologian. She wrote these theological treatises, wrote poetry. Um, you know, the, like popes and cardinals sought her counsel, this and that, which is, you know, for people that the state, the Catholic church is in now, like, that's not too impressive to people, but it's impressive. She was, a, she was this great healer and, and brilliant, but then I, I said, oh my God, she's the one that personifies a being of air that I asked for, right? All this communication and, and this and that music. And like musicologists see her as the first like West composer of Western music and stuff. And they can't like trace where her music she comes from. She was German from. though or something like not German uh, at the yeah. time, but whatever. Yeah, the, she the was tribe. German. Yeah. Yeah, she was German or whatever. And, um, and so then I find out as I'm Googling that she was canonized as a saint posthumously that day, the day I had that experience. Like while I'm rolling on Molly and I find out she was posthumously canonized by the Catholic That's Church crazy. as a, they wanted to burn her at the stake at some points. She, she had to get really crafty, like they were gonna kill her. She was witchy and like she was a powerful woman. Right, and, and so and so so j just to clarify a couple of things. So you're 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 driving. You, you hear this music on the radio, and and this is a couple of days before the monk experience uh, happened, or is it the same day? Yeah, it was like the week before. It's it was, like the work week, and and then Saturday night comes, and I'm not yeah. even thinking about the you know my artificial so, air elemental. So so probably what was happening was that she was like they probably had announced like oh we're on in, in seven days. That's probably why her music was being played because sure. it was it was in the news that she was absolutely be canonized. So that's that's but, not but, super crazy, right? Right, but 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 you didn't know anything about her. You just knew it was a name of a musician or a composer, right? Yeah, and then and, and then you had this uh, uh uh and we say monk was it like like a Franciscan monk type. Type of person or uh i did I like when you said monk I, 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 I thought he, i thought buddhist monk when you first said monk. oh no not at all yeah. he said his name was gregory Mensk, and i saw i looked up on a map where she was cloistered and where he said he was from krakow and he was that's how he became and he said he was her consort and i didn't really question further and if you don't question further you don't get answers but consort means to me lover right yeah i mean there's probably another definition of it somehow but like that's the yeah that's what you'd think and he said he was there to bear yeah. witness it's, it's but um yeah and then i looked where krakow was and where it was that she was cloistered and that was completely um doable so i got the sense that like he traveled to like her her cloister to give speeches or what like theological speeches and then they developed some sort of a relationship love conquers all hmm. fuck yeah especially in the catholic church unless it's with a little boy <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much, Brian Walker, for coming onto this podcast. Uh, this was such a pleasure, and we've only we've only scratched the surface of this universe you live in. I think. Oh no doubt. This is just part one of a five-part series. Yeah, I've, you know, the, I've known Bri for like I don't know thirty years or something like just yeah. under thirty years. And we played fucking <laughs> T knot hole together, T ball, yeah, dude. Yeah, I've known Bri for so long, 
and uh, obviously he wasn't involved in magic from the get-go, but uh, I've been trying to get stories like this out of him forever, and I've, we finally got a couple that I hadn't heard yet, so that, that, that was uh, that, that was very interesting. And I know Bry's the you know the expert uh, uh, of experts in in this in this realm. I mean, obviously there's people that are that are higher up than him in these organizations, but like no one knows about this stuff more than Bry. So he's eccentric of it all. So yeah, yeah we're lucky it. to have him. Dig it. I'm an artist. My mom said. He's always been very creative. We love you, Bri. Thank you so much for doing this. God bless. Thank you, Bri, for coming on to the podcast. And thank you, Jay Hunter, for co-hosting with me. Thank you, Elizabeth Solis, for artwork. Thank you, Andrew Hayworth, for music. And thank you for listening. <laughs>